الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل لقدة من لساني يفقه قولي أما بعد respected elders dear brothers and sisters my young friends assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh we begin by praising allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the lord of the universe our sustainer our creator our nourisher we send peace and salutations upon his beloved messenger muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wasallam first of all i like to thank everyone who joined us last Friday uh, for your cooperation and understanding in helping everything go smoothly, alhamdulillah. Uh, it was a beautiful day uh, last uh, last Friday, alhamdulillah. And uh, there were many you know, new uh, rules uh, and regulations, uh, but alhamdulillah, thanks to your cooperation, uh, everything went smoothly. Uh, and uh, I also want to thank uh, my brothers and sisters uh, who stayed home out of consideration for others. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you for your sacrifice and your patience as well. Uh, this week as well, we have the same procedures and guidelines in place in, place, uh, in compliance with the provincial emergency order uh, that limits attendance uh, and also based on uh, health recommendations as well. So therefore, once again this week, please only come for Friday prayer if you have registered at www.canadamuslims.ca slash reopen. If you have not registered, and now all the spots are actually uh, booked, uh, so if you have not been able to register, uh, then please uh, do not attend without registration. We would not uh, we would not like to send you back, but of course we would have to uh, if you have not registered. So only those who have registered for the time slot that you have registered, uh, please attend at that particular time slot. Uh, otherwise, uh, we uh, please excuse us, uh, and inshallah, we hope that you get another opportunity to attend later, inshallah. My brothers and sisters, for the last few weeks, uh, there has been much outrage, many protests, lots of discussion regarding racism, and rightfully so. The focus has been on anti-black racism, particularly racism that is uh, systemic, and also that is being committed uh, by uh, white people against black people. Now, as Muslims, it is important that we support the struggle against this type of racism, as well as all other types of racism. As Islam, our religion, our deen is explicitly anti-racist. The Prophet ﷺ said in his farewell khutbah, in khutbatul wada' Ya ayyuhal nas, ala inna rabbakum wahid, wa inna abakum wahid, that, O oh people, verily your Lord is one, and your Father is one. Verily, there is no superiority. The Prophet said that verily, there is no superiority of an Arab over a non-Arab, or of a non-Arab over an Arab, or of a white over a black, or of a black over a white, except in terms of taqwa, except in terms of piety. So my brothers and sisters, racism goes against the grain of Islamic teachings, goes against the essential fundamental Islamic teaching, which is based on spiritual equality. What is it based on? Spiritual equality. Now, racism is about the belief that one group of people is superior than another, 
directly or indirectly due to their skin color or their ethnicity. So once again, what is racism? Racism is about the belief that one group is superior than another group directly or indirectly due to their skin color or their ethnicity. Now the key term here, my brothers and sisters, is superiority. Now over time, there have been different things that people have believed. There have been different things that people have believed. There have been different things that people have uh, believed wrongly, of course, that they felt or believed made them better, more noble, and thus more superior than others. Now, in the days of ignorance, before the prophethood of the Prophet wasallam, it was mainly tribes and lineage in which people took great pride and due to which they considered themselves to be better than others. Due to which they considered themselves to be better. Now, there were a number of companions of the Prophet who were black, meaning they had dark skin or they had black skin. And uh, there were uh, of them, many of them were Arabs who were of dark or black complexion. But the feelings of superiority in that culture were primarily against those who were slaves and freed slaves. Since slavery was still being practiced and they, the slaves, uh, the, the freed slaves and the slaves were treated as the lowest of the low because it was felt that you know perhaps their their lineage was broken or incomplete or unknown so therefore they were considered to be the lowest of the low and they were treated in the worst of manners this was before the prophethood of the prophet sallallahu and secondly there were feelings of superiority towards people belonging to other tribes and clans possibly depending on the types of relations that they had so, you know, if they had good relations, if they had an agreement, um, you know, if they had a pact, uh, then perhaps, uh, you know, those feelings were maybe a bit low. But if especially, you know, they had enmity or they had uh, differences amongst themselves, then there was this great pride in, in, in one's own uh, tribe and a feeling of superiority against the other. Now, tribalism still exists in many parts of the world with people belonging to one tribe or clan, or caste, believing, uh, caste, believing that they are better than and superior to others, simply by virtue of their lineage, meaning their ancestors and forefathers, or perhaps we even hear due to the village that they are from. So, you know, people have used this to feel superior to others and to feel better than others and to look down upon others. Now, today, there are also people who consider themselves superior and better than others because of their wealth or their education that Allah has blessed them with. And they use that to look down upon others who are not as educated or perhaps as wealthy or those who are poor. And they consider them less and they treat them with disrespect and contempt. And unfortunately, we see this in many uh, you know, Muslim societies or predominantly Muslim societies as well, that they are people who have servants or who uh, you know, ha are deeply entrenched in a class system and they consider themselves to be superior. And not just that, but they treat others uh, like their workers with great contempt and great disrespect. And they have, it's not just, just their actions, but deeply held feelings that make them feel that they are better than others. There is also nationalism. So people from a particular country or region seeing themselves as superior to others based on where they are from or based on 
where uh, they are uh, born or where they live and essentially using that to feel superior or feel better than others. And we see this, of course, in uh, here, uh, you know, within Muslim communities and societies as well, especially, you know, sometimes people who are uh, born in a particular country feeling superior um, than uh, compared to immigrants or people who have come later feeling superior to, uh, you know, refugees, people who have fled their homelands. So these are all different types of uh, feelings that exist that are based on superiority. And of course, racism has the same feeling, uh, the same thing as well, feelings of superiority based on one's skin color and ethnicity. So let us ask ourselves, my brothers and sisters, that what is at the root of these feelings? What is at the root of all these feelings? So whether it's based on wealth or education or skin color or ethnicity or village um, or, uh, you know, or, or place of birth, all of these things, what is at the root of these feelings? And if we dig down in every single one of these, what do we find, my brothers and sisters? We find arrogance. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu tells us that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that لا يدخل الجنة من كان في قلبه مثقال ذرة من كبر لا إله إلا الله The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that no one who has the weight of a seed, an iota, a speck of arrogance in their heart will enter Jannah. So someone asked, one of the companions asked that a, a, a you know, but a man loves to have beautiful clothes and shoes, meaning likes to dress well. Is that also arrogance? That was the meaning, that was the intent of the question. So the Prophet responded that Jamal, that verily Allah is beautiful and he loves beauty. That arrogance means rejecting the truth and looking down upon people. Rejecting the truth and looking down upon people. And this is recorded in Sahih Muslim. So the blameworthy feeling of arrogance, the blameworthy feeling of arrogance is that which leads to two things. So what is the true arrogance that is despised by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa has warned us about? So that is the feeling that leads to these two things, rejecting the truth and looking down upon people. Once again, rejecting the truth and looking down upon people. Now, what is the spiritual impact of having this arrogance? My brothers and sisters, it is so filthy. It is so filthy, so poisonous, so toxic that a person with even a speck and iota in their hearts cannot enter into Jannah. This is how opposite it is of what is required to go into Jannah. So toxic that even if there is a drop, so, you know, like a poison, you know, or, or, or a very toxic substance, uh, you know, a very poisonous substance that even a drop that, you know, if you put a drop, some types of poison, of course, uh, some types of substances, some type of chemicals are so toxic or so poisonous or so hazardous that even one drop in a cup of water, one drop even in a bucket could be hazardous to a person's health, could hurt them or could even kill them. So this is spiritual poison, this arrogance, which leads people to look down upon others. This is spiritual poison. The Prophet ﷺ has told us that even a speck of it in a person's heart that leads a person to look down upon others and to reject the truth will not allow a person to enter into Jannah. And it is also the foremost characteristic of Iblis. Of who? Iblis, the one 
who disobeyed Allah, who fought Allah, who is our enemy, who has sworn enmity towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and towards <coughs> excuse me, and towards the human beings. So this is a characteristic of Iblis, and that is this is what brought him down and led to his eternal condemnation and damnation. It was his excuse for disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's command. This is what he gave as an excuse. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded him, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded him along with the angels or commanded the angels in Iblis amongst them, he was not an angel, he was from the jinn, but Allah had given him the opportunity to be with the angels. The angels obeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in bowing to Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam that Iblis refused. And when asked, this was the reasoning that he gave that that I am better than him. Then I am better than he is. I have you created me from fire and created him from clay. So from this we learn that if a believer dies with this arrogance in their hearts, they would likely, uh, you know, need to be purified before they can enter into Jannah, right? And we learn that this is a characteristic which is, which is despised by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and that purification of the heart in the hereafter will be done through what? Will be done through the fire, through the heat of the fire. That is how the believers who Allah, who the Prophet ﷺ has told us that will go to Jannah eventually. Some of them, may Allah protect us, some of them will have to be purified because their hearts came in a state of filth, came with things like arrogance, and that purification will occur through the fire. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purify our hearts. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. So that's number so number one, this feeling of superiority is morally, religiously, spiritually wrong. And this is something we have to ask ourselves that do we consider ourselves? Do we we may not want to admit it? Rationally, we may think, no, no, I don't. But deep inside, if we ask ourselves, are we feeling superior to others? Do we have feelings of superiority inside of us? And if we do, this is something which is disliked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, something which is morally, religiously, and spiritually wrong. Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah reported that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam delivered a sermon, a khutbah, on the day that Mecca was liberated. Yawm al-Fatih Mecca. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that, Ya ayyuhal nas, inna Allah qad adhaba ankum ubiyyat al-jahiliyya wa ta'adhumaha bi abaiha fannasu rajulan. The Prophet said that, O oh, oh people, Allah has removed the slogans of ignorance from you and the exaltation of its forefathers. The people are only two kinds, either a righteous, God-fearing believer, dignified to Allah. So people are of two types, either a righteous, God-fearing believer, dignified to Allah, or a miserable sinner. Wicked, miserable sinner, insignificant to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet ﷺ went ahead and he said that That the people are all the children of Adam, and Adam was created from dust, meaning that all of you have the same origins. And then he recited the verse, 
قال الله يا أيها الناس إنا خلقناكم من ذكر وأنثى وجعلناكم شعوبا وقبائل لتعارفوا إن أكرمكم عند الله أتقاكم So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam first made it clear that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has removed with iman, with guidance, with hidayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has removed the slogans of ignorance from you and the exaltation of forefathers. And now people are only of two kinds, either righteous, God-fearing believer who is dignified to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or a wicked, miserable sinner who is insignificant to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet reminded us that all of us are coming from Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam and, and our great-grandfather Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam was created from dust and he recited the verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that O people we have created you male and female and made you into nations and tribes that you may know one another and verily the most noble to Allah is the most righteous of you. So the true worth of a person is not based on these factors that human beings have come up with such as skin color or language or place of birth or lineage or tribe or clan or education or wealth it is solely and solely based upon taqwa piety and righteousness alone which is in the heart and because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has told us a taqwa hahuna pointing towards his chest that taqwa resides in the heart and only allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the true state of a person's heart so this is something that we must always remember. Now, these are things that we have heard often. I'm sure you have heard this before. However, we have to ask ourselves that practically, how much do we actually act upon this? How much is this actually a part of our decision-making? How much of this is at the forefront of our minds on, our, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis when we are dealing with people, when we are making decisions, when we are interacting with one another? Now, brothers and sisters, a Muslim should be colorblind when it comes to skin color. A Muslim should be colorblind when it comes to skin color. Right? It shouldn't matter what anyone's skin color is with regards to how you treat them or you know, um, how you decide with regards to them if you have to make a decision about them. We should be respecting everyone, treating everyone fairly, equally, no matter what differences might or might not exist. Right? So the worth of a person, the way we treat them, the way we behave with them, the way we interact with them should not be based at all on any factor, right? Except when we have to make a decision, it's based upon taqwa, right? When it's based, when we have to make a decision, sometimes we have to look at external factors. We cannot check a person's taqwa. So we have to base it on external factors, which are related to their, their uh, submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or if it's regarding a particular field, of course, based on merit. Uh, if you're looking for particular skills, it's based on merit and, and what their experience and their skills are, not based on any other factor. However, there's an important note here that feeling close to people who are in close relation to you, okay, so whether it's related to lineage and family relations or whether it's based on geography, so feeling close to people who are close to you is natural and it is not blameworthy, provided, now there's, there's an important caveat here, provided it does not lead to looking down upon others, doesn't lead to excluding others or to injustice such as discrimination or bigotry. Wathila ibn al-Asqa radiallahu anhu reported, I said, Ya Rasulullah, is it part of tribalism? Is it a part of tribalism that a man loves his people? And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, La, walakin min al-asabiyyati an yu'ina al-rajulu qawmahu ala al-dhulm. 
that no, rather it is tribalism that he supports his people in an unjust cause. What is tribalism that the Prophet ﷺ has forbidden, that Islam has forbidden has, and the Prophet ﷺ has spoken strongly against? That is supporting your people, whoever you consider your people to be, in an unjust cause. So if there are feelings of superiority, which is wrong, regardless of how they are manifested, whichever form of racism or discrimination or bigotry it is, and these feelings lead to injustice and wrongdoing, such as oppression and discrimination, then this is even worse. So the feeling itself is bad. The feeling of superiority is in of itself wrong. But then if it leads to injustice and oppression, then this is even worse. The Prophet ﷺ said that he is not one of us who calls to tribalism. He is not one of us who fights for the sake of tribalism. He is not one of us who dies following the way of tribalism. لَيْسَ مِنَّا مَنْ دَعَى إِلَىٰ عَصَبِيَّةِ وَلَيْسَ مِنَّا مَنْ قَاتَلَىٰ عَلَىٰ عَصَبِيَّةِ وَلَيْسَ مِنَّا مَنْ مَاتَىٰ عَلَىٰ عَصَبِيَّةِ so the Prophet ﷺ has been very clear. And he also said that whoever fights under the banner who, of one who is blind, meaning blind regarding to the correctness of a cause, raging for the sake of tribalism or calling to tribalism or supporting tribalism and is killed in the state will have died upon ignorance. This is a death upon ignorance. And Jabir ibn Abdullah anhu reported that two young men one from the Muhajirun, from the emigrants, and the other from the Ansar, from the helpers. So the people of Mecca and the people of Medina. So two young men, two youth, one from each of these groups, fell into a dispute. And the Muhajir called his fellow Muhajirin, and the Ansar called the fellow Ansar. In the meanwhile, the Prophet ﷺ came there and he said that, um, uh, uh, or uh, he came and he said, That what is this, the proclamation of the days of Jahiliyyah, that you're calling your own people? And the people said that, Ya Rasulullah, there is nothing serious. The two young men fell into dispute and the one struck at the back of the other. And thereupon the Prophet said that, Well, a person should help his brother, whether he is an oppressor or Unoppressed, and this is the famous hadith, of course, that uh, that a person should help his brother, whether he is an oppressor or an oppressed. If he is the oppressor, he should prevent him from doing it, for that is his help. And if he is the oppressed, he should be helped against oppression. So to help one's brother is good, but not in committing oppression. And this is actually something which was being practiced before the advent of the Prophet ﷺ in the days of Jahiliyyah with, in the incorrect way. So people would believe in this, that a person must help his brother, but they would do it in both situations, whether he was oppressed or he was the oppressor, and they would actually help each other in committing oppression. So the Prophet ﷺ made this clear that, no, it's good to help your brother. Right to help your 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 people, your brother in faith, whoever it is that is calling for help. However, it must not be in committing oppression. Right? If they are oppressed, then you help them against the oppressor. And if they are the oppressor, then you have to stop and hold their hand from committing oppression. So the call of ignorance is to help your own in committing wrong and to gather your own to rise against others. This is something which is deeply looked down upon in Islam, something that the Prophet ﷺ has forbidden. So my brothers and sisters, the two things that we must 
rescue ourselves from is number one, disregarding the clear guidance of Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and as a result, living and dying in a state of jahiliyyah, which is a great sin, something which, of course, we should all want to avoid. Uh, but secondly, and most importantly, ridding our hearts of arrogance, due to which a person will not be permitted to enter Jannah, which is one of the foremost traits of Iblis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purify our hearts. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. Amin ya rabbal alameen. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam led by example. So he put people of different backgrounds right, in positions of religious and political leadership with no consideration of lineage, no consideration of skin color. And he put people in religious leadership positions, in political leadership positions, and this is especially important for those of us in positions of authority, that when we are making decisions, we are conscious of our biases, of our biases, and we are careful that we are giving an equal opportunity to everyone who is of merit to come forward and to serve. And sometimes we have to go beyond. It's not just enough to say that, okay, we, we advertised it, we opened it up, whoever wants to come can come. No. Because the Prophet ﷺ would look out for people. He would look out for people who were being left behind in society. He would look out for people who were not being cared for by others. And he would specifically make sure that he went out of his way to look out for those people and to give them opportunities as well. And also, the Prophet ﷺ led by example through promoting marriage and social and family interactions with no consideration for lineage or skin color. And this is for every single one of us, that we use this example of the Prophet ﷺ and we follow it, and that we do an honest self-assessment of where each of us stand, that we fight racism and all feelings of superiority within ourselves and in our communities and in our society. Insha'Allah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purify our hearts. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله وإليك يرجع الأمر كله اللهم لك الحمد حتى ترضى ولك الحمد إذا رضيت ولك الحمد بعد الرضا اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد مبارك وسلم يا الله please purify our hearts of all forms of arrogance and all spiritual illnesses يا رب العالمين والله please purify our minds والله please purify our attitudes our actions our families our communities our societies of all types of racism and discrimination يا رب العالمين Oh Allah, please grant justice to all of those who have been oppressed, especially victims of racism, such as our black brothers and sisters, Ya Rabbal Alameen. Oh Allah, please protect them. Oh Allah, please protect all minorities. Oh Allah, please protect all of us from all forms of oppression, Ya Rabbal Alameen. Allahumma inna na'udhu bika minan nudilla au nudal, au nazilla au nuzal, au nudlima au nudlima au najhala au nujhala alayna, Ya Rabbal Alameen. Oh Allah, protect us from and all of our fellow human beings, Ya Allah, from all types of illnesses and hardships, Ya Rabbal Alameen. Oh Allah, especially the the frontline workers, the health workers, the first responders. Oh Allah, all others who are serving others during this pandemic. Oh Allah, please protect them and protect all of us, Ya Rabbal Alameen. Oh Allah, please cure all of our brothers and sisters who are suffering from this COVID-19 illness or any other illness, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, those who are in hospital at this moment. Oh Allah, my young friend Ibrahim. Oh Allah, the mother of our sister Deepa. Oh Allah, our brother and sister suffering from long-term pain injuries. Oh Allah, our brother who has just undergone surgery. Oh Allah, all of those who are uh, ill or at risk of becoming ill. Oh Allah, you are the protector and are the healer. Oh Allah, please grant them a speedy recovery. Oh Allah, please protect them from all types of illnesses and pain and suffering, Ya Rabbal Alameen. Oh Allah, please grant relief to all of those who are in 
in pain, who are in grief, who are in stress and anxiety. Oh Allah, please replace all of those feelings with happiness and peace and joy and well-being, Ya Rabbal Alameen. Oh Allah, please forgive all of those who have returned to you, especially our sister Kawthar, who has returned to you, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. Oh Allah, please forgive her and all of those who have returned to you. Allahumma aghfirlahum arhamhum wa'afihim wa'afu anhum wa'akrim nuzulahum wa'asayim adkhalahum wa'akhsinhum bilma'i wa'thalji wa'albarad wa'naqihim kama yunaqqa al-thawbu al-abiyadu min al-danas. Ameen ya Rabbal Alameen. Allahumma rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasanatan wa qina a'zaab al-nar. Allahumma inna na'udhu bika min al-fitani ma zahra minha wa ma batan. Allahumma rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam خاسرين اللهم إنا نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم أسبغ علينا لباس الصحة والعافية وجعلها عونا لنا على طاعتك ومرضاتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم إنا نسألك العفة والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدنيا والآخرة اللهم زقنا قبل الموت توبة وعند الموت شهادة وبعد الموت جنة يا رحم الراحمين اللهم ارزقنا حسن الخاتمة اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا وعملا متقبلا ورزقا حلالا واسعا ولسانا ذاكرا وقلبا خاشعا ويقينا صادقا وشفاء من كل داء اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من قلب لا يخشع ودعاء لا يسمع ومن نفس لا تشبع ومن علم لا ينفع اللهم اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف الرحيم اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم ألف بين قلوب المسلمين ووحس صفوفهم واسلح قادتهم واجمع كلمتهم للحق يا رب العالمين اللهم اللهم حر المسجونين المظلومين خصوصا في بلاد المسلمين يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم حر فلسطين والمسجد الأقصى يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم احفظ وانصر إخواننا أخواتنا في كل مكان يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم انصر المستضعفين في كل مكان وحقق لهم النصر والفتح المبين يا رب العالمين اللهم تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين My brothers and sisters who have not registered to offer Salat al-Jum'ah who will not be able to offer Salat al-Jum'ah today please go ahead and pray for Raka'a Dhuhr at home Insha'Allah there's no blame or sin upon you for doing so may Allah accept from you those who have registered or who are able to attend Friday prayers uh, please do come at your allotted time Insha'Allah and we will offer Salat al-Jum'ah together uh, with you inshallah jazakumullah khaira and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all my brothers and sisters assalamu alaikum wa